Welcome to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon. My name is Mondo Fresco and today I am with a legend, ladies and gentlemen, all you're, the way from the LBC. You're with the flojo. I'm already falling asleep on this couch. This thing's like nice. It's really, really, really good. Gabriel. You guys have a budget. Fluffy. Budget. Iglesias. I can't wait to you see like your bathroom. Here? I love it. It's very clean looking. It's very lush. I like Thanks. He said we have a budget. Yeah, you can tell. No, seriously, you can tell. Because I've seen a lot of these interviews happen in garages. And, you know, I was at someone's house yesterday. Like, they straight up just said, you know what? Let's just turn the house into a thing. But nice. you guys, yeah, you can tell you pay rent. <laughs> you pay rent. Yeah, we, we pay uh, nice. renter's insurance. And, Solo. Yeah, yeah, no, no, no. no yeah, it's legit. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking at the floor, everything. And this is like either you converted it or you got lucky and someone else fixed it up and then couldn't afford it because of COVID. And then you swooped in. No, we moved in right before COVID, and we we built it up, man. It, you know, it looks we, good. We got We got We got to do it up. Thank you, brother. Thank you, man. Fluffy, we're so happy to have you here, dude. Thank you. I know. Uh, you know, we we go back, man, and, and it's so nice to to finally have you here on on, on Mondo and Friends, and uh, you know, we we talk about your journey, dude. We'll be talking about your journey, so. Um, I'd love to. Oh, you don't want to hear about the last thirty-minute journey I had no, no, getting no, no, here. No, 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 Not that journey. That felt like a journey. I already, yeah, I already had to take I, a I big felt detour. Like, I felt like Columbus, man. I discovered this place. I didn't, <laughs> you know. Talk to so talk to me about when you first fell in love with with comedy. Do you remember that? Yeah, I was ten years old. I was watching Eddie Murphy Raw at home on VHS. Uh, VHS is the media, the way that we used to watch things back in the day. Because you just assume that everyone understood the way that. You know, certain devices work, but back in 19, God, what was it, 87, 88? Yeah, I remember I had a Nintendo, fresh out the box, brand new. Uh, I was 10 years old, and I saw Eddie Murphy Raw because my mom said she wanted to go play bingo, and she left me at home. to be, You know, back in the day, you would you would just leave your kids at home. They, You would tell the kids, hey, don't don't open the door for anybody, don't answer the phone. And that was it. You babysat yourself. There was no nannies. There was no special people around. It was just you. And so I went to the video store. I rented a Eddie Murphy Raw, which is not something a 10-year-old should be watching, <laughs> probably. But I did. And I was inspired. That's what got me excited about comedy. I, after I saw Eddie Murphy, I discovered Robin Williams. And then I discovered a whole bunch of other comics. Wow. There was a section at the video store. And I just started renting all these videos. Dude. And, and at what point do you tell your family, you know what? I, I kind of like this. I... I want to become a comedian at some point. Does that, does that you know what? I, I was saying that from day one, but no one took it serious because I, I was also saying I want to be a professional wrestler and I also want to be a transformer. So, you know, they didn't really take me serious because I, I like Optimus Prime. Um, and, and so, yeah, my mom's like, oh, si tú, lo que tú quieras, mijo, lo que tú quieras. You know, and they, they humor you because, you know, you're just talking out of right. your at that point. But yeah, so 10 years old, I, I knew at 10, this is what I wanted to do. Dude, now your your fam, traditional Mexican household, would you would say? Uh, my family, traditional Mexican family, I don't know. I mean, I grew up, it was just my mom. Dad was out of the picture. My brother and sisters were already grown up and out of the house. Mm. So I'm the last of six kids, uh, to my knowledge. <laughs> <laughs> It'd be last, like that. Last of six kids. <laughs> so maybe it is maybe maybe it is a very traditional, uh, you know, Mexican family, but. You know, I always tell people that, you know, I had one brother and four sisters and they're like, wow, that's a big family. And I go, actually, on my dad's side, my dad is like one of, I think, 16. Oof. Yeah. 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 Like, damn, like that's a that's yeah, that's there's no direct TV at home, no direct TV, <laughs> no Nintendo, no Atari, no shuffleboard. There's no nothing. No checkers. No Uno. Nothing. No nothing. <laughs> no nothing, man. They don't even know how to play paper, rock, scissors. Like. Yeah, my my pops. Yeah, vamos a jugar. Okay. My pops is like nine. My mom's family is like eight. It, it, it was like that, dude. But I ask you the the question: if if you grew up in a traditional uh, Mexican household, because usually when you tell a traditional family um, parents, they'll say, "Oh, you know, don't don't do this, don't do that." Like non traditional careers, right? So becoming a, a, a comedian would be a non traditional career. And not, it, it was definitely a non traditional uh, path. However, my father being a mariachi and my mom falling in love with an entertainer, kind of like, well, you know, she she had her opinions about things, but more than than anything, she wanted me to play it safe. Mm. Once I got a, a good job, yeah, because she told me it was a good job. That had benefits you know i never had health insurance before so the fact that i got a a really good job at a cell phone company making a really good 
you know, decent living, not even decent. I was balling for my age uh, at the time. I was making 5K a month selling cell phones. And this wow. is in the beginning when, when it was the begin, the boom of the cell phone and just like I was working on commission. So, you know, I, I had all these benefits and my mom was like, you have health insurance. You made it. That to my mom was like, that's it. Don't mess that up. So for me to quit that to pursue this didn't sit well with her because mm. she's like, you're giving up something. You're making really good money. You're paying all your bills. You have money in the bank and you have insurance. Right. And that was big for her because she's like, you know, we didn't have insurance. We had like, we got lucky. We had, you know, uh, I think back then I was like, you had to go to a, a, some like guy in the neighborhood who had a little farmacia, if you, you know, <laughs> and you, you're getting the rubbing alcohol with a leaf in it and you sell candles and cookies yeah and yeah que necesita there's a salvador in the back and you're like <laughs> is this dude supposed to be touching me you know what i mean <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> what what's that smell it's that weird smell it wasn't like you know lavender or those you sure it wasn't you a, a botanica it, it, you know what yeah i was gonna say that yeah i was, was, I was trying it? i was trying to find the right word for it you know because they said essential oils yep well yeah yeah you were you in know? a botanica yeah for sure. so there was, was something going on but anyway my mom thought that uh me Quitting my job to pursue comedy was like, uh, but she was like, whatever makes you happy. And I think the fact that I wasn't beautiful. asking her for money was was a big deal. I was able to, you know, sustain. The only thing I asked my mom for was to co-sign. She always had to co-sign for yeah. me because I ruined my credit when I was uh, 18. Yeah. With what? With, with, what you, with, what'd you with, get up? With not paying back my, my loans. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, ah, you know, they'll go away. And then. I remember someone telling me <laughs> that after seven years, everything drops off your, your, your you know, the credit yep, and stuff yep. like that. And I, so I was like, you know what? I'll wait it out. <laughs> I'll wait it out. I'm in no rush. And yeah. then once the seven years happened, they found ways of, of extending it. And I'm mm. like, you know what? So, yeah, they, they wound up getting me eventually. Dude. So you're, you're working at a, like a cell phone. Yeah. Uh, and, and then I, I pursue this career of being a comic. But, yeah, it was a very much a, a non-traditional move. Were you my balancing mom, both, or did you just make a jump into no, comedy? No, I was, I was balancing both. I was, doing, uh, I was working, selling cell phones during the day, and then at night I was going out doing shows. The thing is, though, is you can't just go perform and leave. Mm. That, that's not how it works. That's not how you grow in this business. You have to do your show, and you have to hang out. You have to socialize. Mm -hmm. You have to interact with people. At least that's what you had to do back then. Yep. I don't know so much now because now everything is so, you know, digital and everybody's got their phones and stuff. But back then, you, you didn't. You had to hang out. Yeah, network. And, and net thank you. You had to network. And so it was one of those, you know, we'd all wind up at a Denny's or whatever was open late after a show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're talking to other comedians and you're trying to figure out, hey, so who else has a room? Who else has a spot to perform? Mm -hmm. Because back then, we didn't have access to the comedy clubs. I couldn't get into a comedy club. It was all about rooms. Somebody has, so-and-so has a room here. So-and-so has a room there. Can I get a number? Can you record? And a lot of vouching. You had to vouch for somebody. You call, hey, they'll call for you. Hey, I call so-and-so. I tell them you're funny. You're good for 10 minutes. And that's, that's how you would do it back then. Man. And so staying out super late and then trying to go to work in the morning. Cause like, you know, I'd go do a show and then hit a Denny's and hang out with a bunch of comics. And I wouldn't get to bed until about four in the morning. And yeah. then I had to be up at seven. And you do that enough times, man. And I was falling asleep at work and I got caught sleeping on the job a couple of times. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, 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 get I snore it. apparently. <laughs> I snore. It's like, like there's, that, a, there's a bear behind that counter. <laughs> at that point, who, who's, uh, who's part of your circle? Like, do you remember? Uh, it was, you know, at the time there was a small group of, of guys. Uh, we all were, you know, doing shows at, at certain spots around LA it was a place called Prime Cut that eventually turned into Gotham. Okay. Uh, it was in uh, Montebello. Okay. On Beverly, right across the street from the Beverly Hospital, which actually turned out to be really good because people were always getting stabbed or shot in the parking lot. And, <laughs> and so it's, it's like, it's a quick little cross the street. Uh, it's just convenient. Yeah. yeah. Just... You, know, you don't wait for an ambulance. You just kind of plug the hole and walk across. <laughs> you, you touch the button so you can get the green light. You can and walk then you, over. You, you walk over to the ER. <laughs> but it, it happened a lot. It happened a lot where people were getting hurt in the parking lot, and it was just, you know, not the best place to uh, start a career. But I think ignorance is bliss. I had no idea how dangerous the area was. Mm. I was just a naive kid. Yeah, I was, yeah. I was 20 years old. I wasn't even allowed in the bar. I was, I would sit, I would sit on the restaurant side, and wait until it was time for me to go up, and then I was allowed to go in, 
straight to the stage, perform, and then get get off and go back into the restaurant. Wow. You're not allowed in the bar. And so fortunately, uh, I turned 21 a couple months later. And then they're like, hey, you can hang out in the bar now. I'm like, yay. <laughs> and I didn't know I was hanging out with bikers. There's a bunch of bikers in there. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was a big biker hangout. And here in L.A., I think you know which gang it is. I don't get to say the name because then they show up. <laughs> they show up. But, um, yeah, it was a rough area. Hey, Mondo here. Right now, you can have everything you want on the network you really want. Introducing my plan. Get exactly what you want. Only pay for what you need. Starting at just $30 per line per month for four unlimited lines with auto pay plus taxes and fees. From there, you decide exactly what goes in and what stays out of your plan. So you pay for what you want. Head over to verizon.com slash mondo right now. You said verizon.com slash mondo, right? Yeah, yeah, verizon.com slash mondo, but we're, st- we're still shooting the commercial. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, no, no you're, you're good, man. Get exactly what you want. Only pay for what you need, starting at $30 per line. All right, let me help you out. All right, so you go here. And again, it was just, it was certain guys back then. Some are still around uh, doing their thing, but, you know, it was, it was, it was a handful. Mm-hmm. And I think now there's so many comics out there. I, I can't keep tabs of who's who. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now anybody can just say they're a comic, you know, because comedies like, you know, you can be a comic on TikTok. You could be a comic on, on, on all these right. different social platforms and. You know, I'm still old school where it's like, no, nah, you're not a comic unless you're on a stage holding a mic and you got a crowd and yeah. and you're actually funny. Yeah. Yeah. You got to pay your dues. My, my, people don't want to pay dues anymore. They want they want it right now. Mm-hmm. No one wants to take the time to yeah. to. And I think it's important. I think it is important to pay dues because yeah. you you, can, you can't Google experience and, and, and just, you know, time. Mm hmm. You know, yeah, you can try to get there quick, but, you know, what are you going to do with it? There's a lot of comics that will catch fire, and all of a sudden they're hot, but can you do the show? Do you have the material? Yeah. Do you know how to handle it? And that only happens with time. you got to learn, you know, just, all right. Like the Dodger Stadium thing didn't happen overnight. That took 25 years. 100%. And, you know, it was amazing, and I appreciated it that much more because I know how long it took. And how hard I had to work to get to that point. It didn't. It didn't happen overnight. What would you say was was your big break? There's a lot of big breaks. Uh, there's not one thing that that took me to that next. You know, to the that changed everything. There was a lot of. Oh man, this this led to this. This led to this. This led to this. Yeah. Um, I think the biggest thing ever was just me getting on stage for the first time, April tenth, nineteen ninety seven, at a little bar. Uh, in Long Beach, uh, going up there for the first three minutes. I did three, like three, four minutes wow. on stage. If I don't do those three, four minutes, yeah. we're not here talking. Man. You know, I'd probably be at a, at a Verizon store selling cell phones. Verizon, what's up? <laughs> I'm going to give them a shout out because that's who I use. I would pull up my phone, but your guy's going to get mad at me for having other things. <laughs> Didn't like my cup. Um, but yeah, so uh, there was a lot of opportunities uh, over the years. A TV show called Que Locos yeah. many years ago, which, you know, people over 35 remember. Um, there was my first half-hour special on Comedy Central, and then there was my first hour special. And so each thing led to something else. Mm-hmm. Um, at one point, I was on Nickelodeon. Yep. I don't know if you guys know this or not, but I, I was actually a child star for a year. I was uh, doing a show with Nick Cannon before he had 20 kids and, uh, and Amanda Bynes. And, you know, so I was, I was, I was that guy. I was on a sketch comedy show when I was 21. That was all that? That was all that. Dude. And, and at the time, 21, but I looked 15 because I, I had a real baby face and I had braces and I just, you know, had a different energy. And they're like, yeah, oh, okay. And so I'm up there doing the, the voices. They liked all the characters and the sound effects and stuff like that. And so, you know, they brought me in and, and uh, it was a good time. I remember Que Locos very, very clearly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I Get, and for those of you watching, Que Locos was a television show that was on the Galavision Network, which is there's Telemundo, there's Univision, and then way down the barrel, there's a station called Galavision. And yeah. um, they would mostly have soccer on the network. It was yeah. just always a bunch of soccer and sports. And they would have stand-up comedy Late in night. English on a Spanish network, which people were like, Que es eso? 
you know, but they would run the hell out of the comedy shows. And so it didn't matter what time of day you turned on the TV, there was promos for that show. Yeah. And so people knew about it. It was, it was, it was, uh, the, the, the Latino, uh, answer to Def Jam mm -hmm. at the mm -hmm. time. I love Que Locos, man. I, yeah. I, that's, I mean, obviously, I, I love funny movies, but that's when I discovered that I love comedy. And I was a teenager, you know, or maybe 13 or something like that, watching Que Locos, uh, and, it, and it had a nice run. Uh, yeah. Emilio. And to see a lot of people of color on TV, it's like, whoa, I didn't, you know, you didn't know. And then some, a lot of the humor, it was, yes, it wasn't, it wasn't just like funny. It was like extra relatable, almost like a secret level of relatability where it's like, well, we said a word in Spanish. Like, oh, he said that word. Like, dang. Like, you know, you, you, you never heard certain words on television in Spanish. Mm -hmm. You know, like to hear Vicente Fernandez played on on an American radio station. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, what? They know about Chente? Mm -hmm. You know, but that's that's what Que Locos was like back then. For sure. For sure. We had Emilio Rivera here who was at your birthday party recently. You know, you guys uh, are friends. Emilio's a good, good friend. And from way back. A lot of people don't know that Emilio does stand up as well. Yeah, dude. He's actually like, wow, really? He's a comedian? Yeah, yeah, I know he looks like a killer, and he probably could be, but he'll make you laugh while he's shanking you. <laughs> yeah, that's real. <laughs> he's real. That's the that's real deal. Don't mess with Emilio. Don't, don't piss him off, man. I've met that actor. Uh, <laughs> he's awesome. Yeah, and so, yeah, it was it was beautiful to see, you know, Latinos on, on this platform, and uh, I remember, man, I started I started my, my radio career in 2005, and this is when I was doing street team. I went out to uh, an event in Long Beach. It was um, by the Queen Mary. Um, I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was like a reggae fest some, or something like It was like, like some that. reggaeton. I know exactly the thing you're talking about. Yeah. I, I, I want to say, was it Power 106 putting it on? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's where you walk through. And I remember thinking, oh, dude, that's that's Fluffy from Get Locos, dude. That's that's how I connected the two. And that I was, was like, a hey, long what's time up? ago. Dude, that was a long time I ago. I had hair, hope, <laughs> yeah. happiness, all the H's. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and you were, you know, su super cool, man. And I remember Thank thinking, you. like, dude, and I, I said hi to you, and, and you were, you know, very I wasn't very a diva gracious. yet. Where's my ice? <laughs> I need my ice. <laughs> Give me the ice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You weren't, you weren't rolling up in a, I wasn't in a rolling huge Hummer truck in a, in yet. yet. Yeah. <laughs> no, dude, and, and uh, that's what I love about you, man, is that you've always, you know, kept it kept it real and, and have, have been yourself from, from the get, man. And it's Thank beautiful you. to see, you know, that, that journey. You just mentioned Dodger Stadium. So Dodger Stadium, obviously, I'm sure you, you grew up going to, to, to games. I got a chance to go to a few games. And to, to be on, when did it hit you when you jump on that stage where you're like, what the hell? Was it like right when you, you're walking out in the middle of your set? Uh, you know, a lot of times, I think my brain goes into this, uh, going to like, you got to work and handle it. Mm, yeah. And it's not until later on that I'm like, oh my God, that happened. Yeah. You know, later on, it, it always hits me later on. But for some reason that night in the first 30 seconds, like the crowd was so like loving and just the energy. I, I started crying in the first 30 yeah. seconds. Yeah. I could hear people in the front row. I could hear them in the front row. Quiere llorar. Quiere llorar. <laughs> like, yeah, I'm going to cry. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to cry. Look at all these people here to see me. This is like, you know, it's, it's, it was the biggest homecoming ever. It's like, you know, people ask, uh, you know, were you nervous? And I'm like, I believe it or not, I wasn't. I wasn't nervous. There's 50,000 people there excited and happy for you. Everyone yeah. wants to see you succeed. Yeah. Because by me succeeding and me making that statement, it shows others like, wow, you know what? Hey, man, this guy could make his dreams come true. Why can't we? Why can't we go and do that? What's our excuse for not following through and, and, and doing what makes us happy and, 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 you know, makes us just live? I'm, I'm a prime example that, you know what? Hey, man, sacrifice is the biggest thing. You know, come from a broken home, grow up on welfare, wick. Sorry, some people don't know what what is this. Uh, we were on Section Eight, public housing. Uh, <laughs> the names always change, but it's the same shit. Yeah, you know, it's like, what advantage that I have? None. Yeah. You know, I mean, look at me. I, I'm sitting here with a pillow, all barbudo, missing hair. You know, it's just I don't look like somebody that should be in show business, but I am. 
You know, so if, if someone that looks like me, talks like me, comes from the background that I come from, you know, I, Hollywood is nice, but Hollywood isn't what made this. Mm-hmm. I had to go out there on my own and create my own opportunities. Yeah. And, and that's, that's what led to that. That's why that night was so special because it's like all the hard work and all the sacrifice over the years, the, the nights of not sleeping or the nights of being on the road, being away, missing birthdays, anniversaries, holidays, of, you know, relationships that got sacrificed along the way. Yeah. Now, there was a lot of people I had to upset yes. in order to get here because Oof. they weren't happy about me being gone, me being busy, me not having time. And that's a big part of it. Everyone says they want it, but how really? You, you, want, you want it, but are you willing to sacrifice for it? You know, there's a lot of apologies that happen over the years. A lot of, I'm sorry I wasn't there. Sorry I couldn't make it. You a know, lot of defending. A lot of, a lot of defending and a lot of uh, uh, people that have come and gone. Yeah. Because it just didn't work out for them. Right. Or it didn't work out for me. So, but yeah. Sorry. Is it turned into therapy, huh? Elay when I was eight. <laughs> No, you know, and, and, and I appreciate you sharing that with us because it's, it's, a, it's key to, to not just success, but, but growth, right? You have to grow. And uh, sometimes people aren't meant to, they're not meant to be part of, of your journey forever, you know, and, and, uh, and not everyone's going to, I think not, most people will not understand what you want, what your dreams are, regardless of of how close they are, how long they've been in your life. Yeah, there's, right? there's that saying of, of the people you start with aren't always the people that you'll end with. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, because people have, have come and, and gone. And, and uh, people will say that they understand what you want. Like everybody in the beginning, yeah, you can do it, you go for it. And then you start doing it and you realize, all right, who's just saying it and who really means it? Mm-hmm. And, yeah, it was a lot of, of, of in and out and back and forth and yeah no thank you for sharing that because you know i i I can totally relate like it's it's uh so much sacrifice and i think that's the number one thing that you have to do and that's the number one thing that that people refuse to do what are you willing to give up that's that's what you need to ask yourself first before chasing a a big dream because Mm -hmm. there's going to be points where you have to make decisions and uncomfortable decisions and it's just like ugh. And you can't make everyone happy. I, it pains me that I can't make everyone happy. Right. And uh, so that's, that's a tough pill to swallow. Yeah. I think that's human nature, right? Like yeah. trying to make people happy. Everybody trying to make... want, you know, you, you, you want to be liked. Yeah. You want to be liked. You, know, you don't want to disappoint people. It sucks to, to, to make people sad or upset. Mm-hmm. So, you know, it's kind of like, uh, it's, it's, it's part of it, though. Yeah. When, when you're on that stage at Dodger Stadium and you get emotional, are all those those emotions and feelings and and thoughts of of the past and sacrifices and is that all just hitting you in that moment or what I think thinking? all of that hit me uh, hour two because mm. I was I did uh, I was only supposed to do an hour and a half and and I at the at the two hour mark uh, once I, I told the crowd I go I go uh, I've, I've officially fulfilled my contractual obligation with Netflix they've got all their content. I go, so now it's my time. And so I pulled out a nice chest and, and I, I pulled out a bottle. And in front of 50,000 people, man, I was like, cheers. It, would just it turned into the biggest freaking hangout. It was like a big tailgate inside the park. Yeah. You know, and so I just started drinking and reflecting and telling stories. And yeah, all of that hit at that point. And I invited Martin and Alfred to come back out on stage. And we just started sharing stories and moments and, and how important and how awesome it was to be there. And then I went over on time with Dodger Stadium, and I think I'm still paying for that fine. No way, dude. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. They, the cur- we broke curfew. We were supposed to start at a certain time. We didn't start until like a, maybe two hours later. The show started super late. It ended super late. And I remember leaving the park maybe three, four in the morning. And then my team didn't leave until like the next day. They were just all there, you know, doing breakdowns and stuff like that. To, wow. To, you know, bring the set down. But yeah, it was, it was quite the night. It, all of that hit me, though, hour two. Yeah. Hour two with drinking and looking at people. And nobody wanted to leave. I bet. And everybody was, I'm telling you, man, it was a huge, it was a celebration. It really was. I still get people coming up to me and they point and they go, I was there that night. 
And I told everyone who was there that night, if you ever see me, you know, and you were at this show, you know, you'd let me know you were there that night. Yeah. And I intentionally uh, took that out of the special for Netflix. So you won't hear me say that on the special because mm. that was only meant for the people that were there that night. That's amazing, dude. That stadium show was, was obviously massive. And even the promo to it, I remember just driving and, and, and working. I was at, at, a, uh, at BMO Stadium. That was the Bank of California Stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, I would get there early for rehearsal, and and I would see the airplane, the airplane come. And then when they, every, everyone showed up and the stadium was full, the airplane would show up again, and it was just like massive for billboards, obviously, and uh, well worth it, man. Like it's it's it was beautiful to see that that entire journey from before it happened to when it happened, then after, and then the 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 show goes goes live on on Netflix, man, and it's uh it's it's. Again, beautiful to see, uh, you know, someone like yourself, Gabriel, you. you know, doing that. Now, you talked about storytelling. Storytelling, at what point do you realize, hey, I'm, I'm pretty good at storytelling? Or, or at what point does that become your way of, of, of doing your, your comedy? Okay, so uh, there's a thing where they say um, you got to find your voice. You got to find your voice. And basically, it took me a minute to realize that that was the way that I was going to go. Because in the beginning, all I was doing was impressions of, of cartoons or people. And it was always an easy laugh because I would do an impression of something having sex. Anytime it was a cartoon or somebody having sex, it for some reason was just funny. And it would always work. But, you know, it, it didn't tell anybody who I was as a person. It didn't, it didn't explain what I was trying to convey. It was just a quick laugh. Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm up there doing like Marvin the Martian having sex. And yeah, it was fun. Oh my, oh my modulator. You know, like, oh my God, that's hysterical. I can picture that. <laughs> See, you guys are laughing. You've been yeah, so funny, but it told no one n- nothing about me. Right. And I think the, when I, when I first told a story about, uh, me being at a nightclub, and I says, uh, God, I'm trying to remember the bit. It had to do with me dancing. This is, you know, I like dancing with big girls uh, because we finish at the same time. <laughs> you know, we both get, so I did a bit where I'm dancing, we both get winded, and we're both on the floor, and I'm like, hey, you hungry? Come on, let's get out of here. And it was, it was like, okay. So it was like, it started right there. And then I just started incorporating all the things that were happening. Yeah. And I found that it was so much easier and so much more um, fun and organic for me to just share real stories. Mm-hmm. And I was talking about people I was hanging out with. And the people I was hanging out with, it was all comics. So I was, I was doing impressions and bits of me hanging out with other comics and some of the conversations we would have. And I would just take that to the stage. And then I just, you know... The, anytime I'd, I'd be around certain people, I'd hear a voice that would stand out. I'd try to mimic it and, and share stories about experiences. And so eventually I just figured out, you know what? Me telling stories is, is fun. Mm-hmm. And it, it, they would never come out the exact same way. You know, yeah. like if you have a joke joke, it's very structured. The setup and then the punch, the delivery. Yeah. But with the stories, man, it's like sometimes the stories would take five minutes. Sometimes the stories would take 10 minutes. It just depends. And I'd remember uh, certain other details and I'd, I'd add to it. <laughs> and it just, you know, it, it just, it worked out. Do you remember radio? Radio used to be called, radio they would call the theater of the mind, right? And I feel like that's what you do with, with your comedy. It's like the theater. Paint a picture. Yeah. Your, your people are following you. They're visualizing everything that's happening while you're, you know, sharing your stories. And uh, yeah, dude, it's like people get to know, you know, a, a lot of in the last 10 years, YouTubers and, uh, you know, the Kardashians, reality shows, all that has become a thing because people find a connection to to some way, somehow. For you, I think it's become you telling your stories through comedy that they have connect. They know Martin and they know, you know, your, your, your stepson. By telling you know, real stories, yes. But you don't call him a stepson, you call him your son, you know, like that type of thing. And that's that's such a, a unique way of, of of going about it, man. And it's it's uh, I'm sure people feel like they know you just by 
like literally they feel like hey i know gabriel just because i've seen his netflix you know and other comedy shows yeah that's pretty and, wild. And it's it's been challenging to put out certain information because yeah when you do put out information about yourself you know people will say oh okay yeah i paid attention you said you like diet coke oh hey people bring me diet coke's a show like a normal offering here we got some in the fridge if you're ready right <laughs> see or, or or chocolate cake and like i feel sometimes like I, I i disappoint people when when it's not the case like when people see me in the street they're like how come you're not wearing a hawaiian shirt because because I, I i own t-shirts too because i like because i like star wars and you know like someone caught me wearing pants the other day and like you're wearing pants i'm like I wear pants too, man. I'm like, oh my God, I didn't think you wore pants. I'm like, yeah, yeah, it happens. It happens. <laughs> Some people are like, when did you lose your hair? Like, when did you, when did you stop paying attention? Like, <laughs> like, yeah, I wear the hats. I mean, you know, I've always had short hair, but yeah, in the last couple of years, I'm not, I'm not 26 no more, man. I just, I just turned 47. So I'm like, ooh, man. yeah, it's, it's just, that's it's what's left. That's beautiful. But it's man. a, it's a badge of honor, man. It's like, you know, uh, <laughs> I used to get upset whenever people would call me, sir. I'm like, I'm not a sir, you know, and I'm like, no, I'm good with that. I got a gray, I got gray in here. I got nothing up here. You know, it's like, yeah, I'm all right. But uh, I was at a restaurant one night and I ordered a dessert. I ordered a, like a key lime pie mm -hmm. and someone's walking by and they're like, what? No chocolate cake? I'm like, am I not allowed to have a... <laughs> How come you're not eating chocolate cake? I go, honestly, I go, I'm tired of chocolate cake. And they're like, what? <laughs> I go, bro. I said, imagine you, it's been your birthday every single day since 1997. Yeah. I've received no less than 3,000 cakes. Wow. Over the years. You and Steve Aoki. Nice. Yeah. He gets cake because he throws the cakes out of the yeah. crowd. But yeah, you, people, he, th he, he throws them, you eat them. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but uh, people do think that they, you know, and, and yes, a lot of the things that I put out there are, are fact. Yeah. You know, yeah. they'll see me out with my son, Frankie. And they're like, are you Frankie? And he's like, yeah. And they're like, oh, my God, you're real. I go, yeah, I didn't make up a kid. <laughs> you, know <what? laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but I, I just had to be careful about mm. saying certain names or putting people. Some people don't want their privacy out For there. Sure. Like with my with my ex-girlfriend, I never once said her name on stage. Mm. I never I would talk about her, but I never put her name out there just to keep her privacy. Yeah. And, and now we're not together. And she's grateful that I never put her name out there because no one is like, you know, she doesn't need to hear 20 times a day. So what happened? Yeah. Where's he at? You should have made him chocolate cake. <laughs> Did you know he likes chocolate cake? Yeah, girl, you could have kept it if you would have made. It. <laughs> I bet. I bet she made him wear pants. You know. <laughs> yeah, that's that's real, dude. But I mean, if somebody sees me in the street and they're like, "Fluffy," you know, like, "Hey," you know, yeah. I, "Hey, what's up?" You know. Uh, unfortunately, I can't make everyone happy because uh, some people aren't content with me waving. Some people aren't content with, "Hey, hey, hey," you know, "Get out of the car." I'm not getting no out of the way, car. Oh, yeah, I get You've people, gotten that? I get people to try to pull me out of the car. I get, I, get, I get people recognizing me on the freeway and then get mad that I won't pull over to take a picture. I'm like, we are on the 405 freeway and, and you, the whole family right there and they're, they're, they're you know, right next to you. Ah! And I'm like, and I'll wave, you know, but pull over. You know, pull over. <laughs> no. Oh, and then they'll message me later. Hey, how come you wouldn't pull over to take a picture? You don't care about your fans. Like, we're in traffic. <laughs> you know, I don't know you, dude. I'm, I'm get out of the car somewhere random. You know, it's like, oh, we're not going to do nothing to you. I don't know that. You know, <laughs> the guy that killed John Lennon, you know, for, took a picture with him a half hour before. <laughs> you know, <laughs> didn't like his selfie. I'll be back. <laughs> you, you, you just, you never know. At restaurants, uh, and, and I, you know, I, I put it out there in the past that if you want to say hi to me, it doesn't matter when. But that was then. That was then. I think now it's like if I'm eating something, uh, I, I get people that want to try and sit and get into the, you know, like, hey, let's take a, my pasta. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I'm leaving. I was like, all right. Well, you know, I was like, okay, all right. You know, I'm not going to snap on anyone. I might, I'll, I, I, I'm, I will make a face. I'll make a cara. I was like, ugh. All right. All right. You know, I, I got to check myself. Yeah, All yeah, right. yeah. I'm in public. I'm mm -hmm. in public. Let's let's do it. 
I was at the um, freaking soccer game on Sunday. Oh yeah, yeah. And uh, a friend of a friend of mine, uh, Emily, she got us. Uh, we were in a suite, and the suite. I was sitting in the front row, and then the first, right in front of the the suite, is an aisle. You know, people are walking back and forth, and so I'm watching the game, and I just hear, "Fluffy," you know, because they're down there and they yeah. see me. I'm like, "Oh hey," and I. <laughs> I wasn't busy like half the game because then it turned into this massive meet and greet right there. So I'm signing. I was signing more jerseys than the players. You know, I was like, <laughs> here you go. <laughs> but you know, and then the fire marshal and security were get, getting upset. Like, hey man, you're not making my job easy. I'm like, well, sorry, I'm not gonna be to the people. Like, yeah. They want to, they want you know, say hi. And I was cool with it. Yeah. You know, but I have my days where it's good and I have my days where I'm kind of like, uh, you're, you're human, man. And, yeah. And I, and, and if I know that I'm not in the best of moods, I try to avoid people Yeah, just cause I don't want them to see me get all like huffy and puffy. And you know, I got my little spurts of, uh, yeah, you saw that when I got out of the car, I was a bitch on wheels, man. I was just like, uh, I can't make my time. I got to move this car. <laughs> it's like, I'm just, I'm just mad. I don't know how to make a crab walk yet. <laughs> I think that's what it I'm was. Don't for a car and not know how to use it. No ice. What the f- <laughs> like, can we get you anything? <laughs> you guys were all like ready. Like, we got this. We got diet folks. We got this. We didn't know he liked ice. <laughs> Why wasn't that on the email? <sighs> we had that diet the coke. We had the uh, uh, that, everything the ready to go. Yeah, but, man. Yeah. Um, Again, some, some, you know, people, I, I wish people really knew more about me, which is fun to do interviews like this because you could put stuff out there like that. Oh, I didn't know that. Or, you know, things that uh, make me happy, things that kind of rub me wrong. It's, you know, I try to have good interactions with people because I put myself in their shoes because I remember what it was like to meet right. people that I was like, oh, my God, it's him. Like, I remember meeting Shaq twice. And one time was good and one time wasn't good. Yeah. But later on, once I became an entertainer, I had to ask myself the question, what was going on in his life that day mm-hmm. that made him that way? And I think back and I'm like, oh, he was at the airport. It was early in the morning. Yeah. You know, and then I picture myself at an airport early in the morning. I'm usually crudo. I'm all hungover because <laughs> I picked the worst days to drink um, or I'm just tired. I'm not a morning person. Yeah. And then. Yeah. Sometimes people are a little extra in the mornings, you know, like, oh, my God, you you got somebody yelling in your face. It's like, dude, man, I can still hear the freaking, you know, all right. And so when I met Shaq at the airport, um, I asked him for a picture and he was like, "Okay, cool, cool. Let's take a picture. And so I was like, all right. And so I'm I'm trying to do a selfie. And he was just like this. And I said, I looked at him, I said, can you smile? And he's like. Took the pic, like, you know, but stupid me, why am I telling him to smile? Yeah, He's yeah, already yeah, agreeing yeah. to take the picture with me, and I'm over here trying to freaking, you know, be the guy at, at Walmart. Okay, big eyes now. All right, good energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Want, we want to make this yeah. look right. Yeah. And, you know, I, I wasn't thinking about the fact. He still said yes to the picture. Yeah. But I'm over here asking for more. Like, why? Just, you know, be glad that he's in the picture with you. And then the next time I met him, uh, uh, he knew who I was yep. then. And it was a different thing. And I told him, I, I go, hey, man, I go, first time I met you, you were just having a rough day. Where? And I was like, oh, we're at the airport. Oh, man, I hate the airport. Airport sucks. You know, and, and, you know, and then he's like, I'm a big guy, but I'm not, I'm not Shaq. Mm-hmm. You know, I fit in this chair. Very comfortable. <laughs> yeah. Yes. But Shaq is just, he's just, he's, he's a massive person who just, you know, sometimes it's not comfortable. And when you're not comfortable, you're cranky. For but sure. Anyway, everybody's got their moments. That, no, that, that was sure. the point. Yeah, no. That and, long-winded. And going back to it, I mean, you know, people forget that that, that We're all humans even too. celebrities are have. humans. You know, and they can have the good days and the bad days. And, and yeah, that's but nobody feels okay. bad for for people like you know, the Kardashians are some tortured souls. All right, you know, yeah. they're they're yeah, they're rich and famous. But man, I read some of the comments. I'm like, oh, I get mad when someone tells me, oh man, you know. You, you you look sick that day. I'm like, I wasn't sick. What's wrong with my face? Something's up with your eyes. What, what what's up with my eyes, man? You know. <laughs> so I can only imagine. Yeah. You know yeah. how because you know people love them and it's like that equal thing where because of their status, you get hated on. Yeah. And if they have a bad day, you know, they you know like Kim with the divorce and the back and forth. Some people are just mean. And 100%. it's like they they they're going through their own thing too. But because they're seen a certain way or they have certain money or you know fame they're they're like 
people don't feel as, as you signed up for this right yeah it's so, like no not yeah. for that you talked about uh the airport you just recently had this situation oh, speaking of which yeah i uh, guess yeah, so almost died uh, a couple weeks ago <laughs> i'm not gonna lie man I already, what happened I already, yeah what happened was um i was on a private plane pobrecito he was on a private plane <laughs> That's what he gets for flying private. He should have stuck to Southwest. Este cabrón. Uh, yeah, I was flying private from Alabama uh, to North Carolina. Okay, it was a short flight. It should have been like 45 minutes to an hour. And uh, it was raining that day. And as soon as we got up off the ground, we got into a little gray cloud. And the plane was, you know. And I've been in plane, you know, a lot of flights of turbulence. But the turbulence was so bad, it just went boom. The plane just did one of those. Oof. And I, I left the seat. I didn't have a seatbelt on because it's a private plane and you do what you want. You know, I didn't have some, I didn't have some, some sky, you know, freaking telling me to put on your seatbelt. There was no little bell or nothing like that. I'm like, ah, whatever. I'm just going to sit and chill. And I left the ground and my dogs, I saw my dogs in the dog beds and the dog beds floated. Like everything just came up. Yeah. And then just, there was stuff all over the floor. And so it was a, for me, it was scarier in the sky. The turbulence was like, I'd never felt that before. Mm. I never left my seat. And then coming in for the landing, we came in really fast. And the, the, the runway was super wet. And you could still feel the, the, the wind and the rain and we're coming in. And wow. as soon as the, the plane touched the ground, usually when the plane touches the ground, you feel the reverse thrusters and you feel the braking immediately. And we didn't. It stayed going fast. Oof. And so before I know it, we leave the runway. And I just see sacate, I see grass and dirt hitting the window. And you could feel we're, we're in dirt. We're in dirt. And it's like it was smooth. And you know what it feels like when you drive over like gravel and yeah. stuff like that. It's just that's what it felt like. And uh, it came to a stop. And there was no warning. Hold on. There was none of that. In wow. the movies, they always give you a heads up. Yeah. You know, Brace for impact. None of that shit. You know, the plane, like that. the plane hits the ground. You know, we're in a field. And then the door opens up, and the guy's like, you good? You all right? You okay? Everybody good? Like, dude, are you okay? So, you know, getting off the plane, man, we were all shook up. And, uh, yeah, it was about 200 yards. Wow. But, yeah, so walking in a wet field con los perros. I had my dogs with me, so I got my dogs, and we were just walking. Yeah, no, I saw, I saw when, you, when you posted, and, and you were outside of, of the plane, what was the the scariest part? Like when you that turbulence, or when you landed the, the and you saw the turbulence? Definitely was the scariest part for me. The landing, I think that you know we've land we've had landings where you you come in fast, yeah. Then the plane slows down. That moment I realized that we weren't slowing down. I was like, I started to freak out. And then when we hit the dirt, I can, when I could see the grass, I'm like, oh my god! So I'm just like waiting to like, is the plane gonna tip? Yeah, 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 yeah. Because oh. now we're not on concrete. We're, 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 we're on land. And so getting off the plane, I'm looking around. I'm like, oh, my God, this looks like a scene from the movie Lost. Yeah. Or that TV show it Lost. It looked right? like that. Yeah, we're like, there's a field. You see cows. <laughs> I'm like, we could have hit a cow. That would have sucked. Yeah. That would have sucked. I probably would have been vegan after that. <laughs> but we didn't. So <laughs> burgers and bring on the steaks. <laughs> wow, dude. Were, were you, was it one of those, like, life flashing before totally. your eyes yeah totally uh I, I made a couple phone calls immediately when i got you know, on the ground when i was you know and i messaged my son i go hey before you hear about it on the news i just need you to know that we had an emergency landing i'm okay everybody's okay but don't freak out if people start reaching out to you wow and sure enough it was it was nationwide news in about two hours because i posted a video and then yeah Next thing you know, TMZ's calling. Everybody's like, is it true? I go, yes, it's true. We're okay. We're all good. Is the show still going to go on? I go, yeah, the show's still going to happen. <laughs> I didn't just survive this, this flight and not perform. Yeah. No, I'm going to go on stage. When is it a, a, a thing for you when, when you have to cancel shows? Is that always very difficult? Is that? I don't like disappointing people. I don't like people messaging me going, you know, because some people, you, you got to always remember, when people come out to see the show, they're making plans. It's a thing, you know, and, and a lot of times I think people forget that. So, I mean, I do take it to heart whenever I, I can't do a show for whatever reason. Um, but people make plans. They got to get sitters if they got kids. 
you know, some people want to dress up. Some people haven't gone out in a long time. Mm -hmm. You know, the price of the ticket, like, oh, you had to go back and forth. Some people, you know, it's, it, it's, it's a lot. Yeah. You know, I'm not saying my ticket prices are a lot. I'm very affordable, by the way. Um, <laughs> it's not like going to a Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's... I'm going next month, by the way. What's up, Tay-Tay? Uh, a lot of people make plans, and so when you don't don't make the show, then it's like, they don't... They don't a lot of times people don't want to ask, why did he cancel? It's just, you messed up my plans. Mm. And so I'll get messages like, how dare you cancel? We've been planning this for, you know, a lot. so, you know, yeah, I feel it. It's like, it sucks. Um, I hate canceling and unless it's absolutely necessary. Yeah. You know, I'll, I'll, I'll perform if I'm sick. So if I'm, if I'm sick, if I got a cold, I'll still, as long as I can talk. Yeah. And it's funny because a few weeks ago I lost my voice. I went, uh, I was doing a show in Austin and the day before my show, I did a interview. I, I went to go do the Joe Rogan podcast. Mm -hmm. And by the way, that pissed off a whole bunch of people. Uh, <laughs> that was fun. Uh, I was actually supposed to be in West Nyack, New York that weekend. Mm. And my shows were already sold out. We were set to go to West Nyack, New York. And when I got the call that, that Rogan wanted to have me on the show, I said, well, this is the biggest show on the planet. Of course, I want to go and do Rogan's show, and, and, and you know, you, you want to get your name out there and promote and have other people look at you. But people got upset that I, I canceled that West Nyack weekend to go to Austin because, in addition to doing the Joe Rogan podcast, I also wanted to do his comedy club, the mm. Comedy Mothership, which is an amazing club. Yeah. You know, it's really, really fun. I'd like to go back. But yeah, West Nyack, sorry, they got mad. <laughs> they got mad. And then, of course, I did Rogan's show, and then. People that love them, love them, and the people that don't love them, yeah, don't. message me to let me know that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. People are very. Um, You're guilty adamant. by association, right? Right, right. You're guilty by association, and even though I didn't, we didn't talk politics, we didn't talk vaccines or anything that would probably trigger someone. Yeah, it still, it didn't matter. Yeah, like, what was I doing on that show? It's by affiliation. Yeah, guilty by affiliation. Guilty by affiliation. <laughs> but I had lost my voice, and so I was barely, I was, I was talking like this, and yeah, I'm sure, you know. So even if I'm sick, like the point was I, I try not to cancel, but sometimes you just have to. Yeah. There's no, there's no way around it. Co when COVID happened, I was supposed to record a comedy special in San Antonio and um, I got COVID and yeah, this was the, the first round. And so if you got COVID, they made you quarantine yourself for like two weeks. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately I, I got sick and had to go home and people were like, really? And I'm like, Hey, man, look, I'm, I don't make the rules. Right. Long Beach. That's your hometown. Yes. I still actually live there, too. I think that's, that's, that's amazing, man. Yeah. What about... Even Snoop left. <laughs> Snoop don't live there no more. I, I forget where he lives now, but he's not in Long Beach. What about Long Beach do you feel made you who you are? Oh, man. God, I've been there since I was a kid. You know, I was born in San Diego. And then I lived in a bunch of different places over the course of a couple years. And then eventually my mom and I settled in Long Beach and she's been there ever since. Um, it's just home. It's just, you know, I feel like I feel more comfortable there. I've had opportunities to leave. You know, I lived at Whittier for a couple minutes. You know, I lived, I had a townhouse there for a bit. But I, I was like, ah, I just, I kept wanting to come back. You know, it's like, I think a lot of it has to do with my mom. Because every, everywhere I drive around Long Beach, there's memories. Like, oh, I remember, you know, this is where, you know, and every time I have people in the car, I always take them on the Gabriel Iglesias, you know, where it all started tour. <laughs> and so we'll start going, going up the streets, and sometimes people are in the car, and they're like, oh, he's taking us on his tour again. <laughs> and I used to eat right there, and he's about to tell us where he got mugged. And I got mugged right there. Oh, yeah. uh, here we go. Like, they've already memorized the... <laughs> The, the fluffy tour. Yeah, the fluffy tour. <laughs> My mom and I used to eat right there at the bright spot. You know, we used to go over here. And so, I mean, for me, it's just, it's always, it's nostalgic and I, I feel very comfortable there. Yeah. Um, I've, I've wanted to move many times, but I just, I keep coming back. And, you know, what about the city makes me? I think that it's just, I don't know. But, but yeah, I'm definitely a Long Beach guy and I'm very proud of my city. And, you know, it's got its issues like every city, but yeah, that's home. Marvin, Marvin, our photographer here. He's uh, born and raised in Long Beach. Oh yeah. yeah what yeah. high school did you go to? Ah, oh, he's a Ram. Okay. Milliken. Yeah. What high school did you go to? Uh, Wilson. Wilson. Bruins. 
Okay. Bruins, yeah. So if, uh, let's see, the way that it worked was if, uh, if you're really, really smart or really, really athletic, you went to poly. Okay. Yeah, that's the people with brains and people with bronze, you know, went to poly. And if, if you were, you know, questionable, you went to Wilson. If you lived a little far, you know, out of the, um, close to the outside, you wound up at either Milliken. If you were completely ghetto, you went to Jordan. Because Jordan was just like, ooh. It was, you know, it was like, it was like, like North Long Beach. And then you cross the street and you're in Compton. And so yeah, yeah. A, lot of, a lot of issues going on at that school. Yeah. Where did Snoop go? Snoop went to school at Poly. Poly. And see, that's, a, that's an interesting one because uh, I don't know if Snoop was in an uh, elite program like a Pace or, you know, one of these, you know, but I know he went there at the same time Cameron Diaz went there. And I've the big story that. is that Cameron used to buy her from Snoop, <laughs> which sounds great. Like, I, I know I'm 47, so I think Snoop is he's in his 50s for sure. But I don't, I don't know, you know, when, when things change where all of a sudden Polly became that, that, you know, this, they were always a school that had athletes. A lot of, you know, the majority of, uh, like, it's the number one school for people in the NFL. More people have come, have, have, have you know, come from Poly from that particular high school mm-hmm. than any other high school. Man, I didn't know that. That's crazy. Yeah. I wanna, a lot of athletes. I want to talk about the, we were just talking about the, the fluffy oh, tour. Oh, I got it, by the way, before I forget. Um, so hanging out with Snoop, aside from the smoking thing, that which has happened multiple times now. <laughs> okay. Yeah, because I, I can't say no to him. Um, WrestleMania, I was there, and they asked me to go on Snoop's bus and interview him mm. for, for WWE social media. And I went on there with a the camera crew, and it wasn't even an interview. It's like, you know, as soon as I got on the bus, Snoop was like, hey, what it do, nephew, you know? And, and come on over here, and he gave me a gift. He gave me a Snoop Dogg bag, a little backpack that had his face on it, and then he gave me this little red box. And he goes, this for you. And I grabbed the little red box, and, and on top of the red box, it said Death Row. Wow. The logo. Yeah. Right, and so I opened it, and man, there's this big, freaking death row necklace. Wow. And the chain and and the, I mean, you could feel the weight, feel it. It's like a two pound chain, and I'm like, oh my god! And he pulled it out of the box, and he goes, turn around, I'm gonna put it on you, and he put the chain on me, on camera, and he could feel the weight, and this is all on camera. I'm like, oh my god, this is crazy! And then as soon as the little thing locked, and I'm the camera crew and. And I'm, in my mind, I'm like, I, I think I just joined Death Row. Yeah. <laughs> I think I just joined Death Row. I got, yeah, yeah, yeah. I go, you know, do I gotta go put money on? Do I gotta go put money on Shug's books now? At, at jail? What's gonna happen? And then you know, you know what else I found out that day? Snoop has his own cereal, because that's what I started eating a few minutes later on his bus. I had no shame. There was no fucking milk. I'm just here. I, just, I raw dog that cereal. Just cornflakes, Snoop flakes. Just eating the freaking. Oh, it was a mess. Snoop, what doesn't Snoop have, though? Snoop you know what? A- okay, can I just take this moment to tell you that apparently every dream I've ever had in life, Snoop had it first. <laughs> Whatever it is that I want to do, yeah. Snoop has already done it. He's, he's, I'm, I'm a little, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a sound bitter right now, but no matter what it is, Snoop has, has done it and has done it better. Um, I've been a huge fan of, of WWE, WWF wrestling since I was a little kid. Yeah. I always wanted to be part of WrestleMania. I always wanted to be part of, you know, and, um, yeah, Snoop, Snoop's already done it, been in the ring. And even that day when I interviewed him, I got to hang out on the bus with him and then he gets to drive the car to the ring and be in the ring and knocking fools out. And I'm like, okay, that's nice. Um, you know, I'm working with Funko. Yeah, you yes, know? yes, you like are. Funko, and then Funko's like, we love you, Gabe, we love you. But who do they give a store to? Snoop. Snoop has his own Funko store. I don't have my own Funko store. You, you can buy my stuff online. I got my online store. It's not the same. Uh, let's see, there was another thing. Oh, my, I have my pets, my dogs, mm-hmm. right? I'm trying to come out with a pet line. My pet called the other day, and who's in the aisle? You know, bow, wow. Like, this <laughs> this <laughs> has everything. I love Jack in the Box. I'm trying to collab with Jack in the Box. <laughs> Jack in the Box gave him his own freaking Jack in the Box rep. Come out to Snoop in the Box. I'm not going to Snoop in the Box just so I can talk. You know, I'm mad. Like, oh, everything. I've been telling everybody, I go, everything I want, Snoop got it first. And he's doing it like, like it's like, okay. Yeah. Right. Whatever, whatever it is. Snoop has not been on a Tapatio bottle. 
You know why he hasn't been on a Tapatio bottle? Because he hasn't approached Tapatio. <laughs> I, I promise you anything. If Tapatio gets a phone call from Snoop and Snoop says, I want to be on the bottle, they're going to they're gonna put us on the bottle in two seconds. <laughs> but you were first. Yeah, I can say I was first on that one, but people will forget me if they see Snoop on the bottle. <laughs> yeah, but anyway, there, I just needed to vent that. Yeah, freaking Snoop. Yeah, well, well talk to me about Funko. I know you've had. A I don't have a store. <laughs> I do not have a Funko store. I have a, a lot of figures. That's yep. okay. I, I can say I beat Snoop on that one. I have more figures than Snoop. Um, I had approached Funko many years ago, and a lot of people know Funko now, Funko yeah. Pops. Uh, but back then, they had just become the answer to Beanie Babies, and I knew that this, there was something there, and I wanted to, you know, like how can I get in the mix with this company? I want to have my own figure. And they had something for people with, you know, TV shows, uh, movies, athletes, uh, YouTubers. But they didn't have a comics, uh, you know, line. And so we reached out and said, hey, you know, I'm so-and-so and I want to see about having my own figure. And they're like, well, you know, we, we know who you are, but we don't have a comics thing. And I go, I know, I'd like to be the first. I'm like, well, you know. And they basically passed. And so a couple years later, we called again. And they're like, okay, we get it, but, you know, we're still not interested in licensing. However, if, you know, we, we, we would be interested in making the product for you, just buy it from us, and then you could sell it on your own. But we're not going to license it. We're not going to put it on our stores. But you can buy it however you got to buy a certain amount. And I think they were trying to scare me with that amount. And I'm like, okay. And they're like, what? And next thing you know, a semi shows up. A semi. That's how many I had to buy. A semi's worth of Funkos. And we sold out. Wow. Yeah. We did have a problem in the beginning uh, because when I put them online, the website crashed. The website crashed before we could even sell one because there were so many people waiting. We had no idea how, how like, uh, passionate the fans are about wanting to get the Funkos yeah. and there's fans and then there's also resellers mm -hmm. and the resellers are very aggressive so they go in there with bots and stuff like that and, yep. and so they crashed my site and so then people started yelling you know yelling like I could hear them but it felt like it um, they started saying, in all caps yeah, oh, yeah they're, but they're, they're telling me like what I should have done yeah you should you should have used Shopify you should have used this you should have used that you could have done this you could have done that and it sucks but it was a learning process we had to learn yeah. I had to learn, we had to learn the right way to package them, the right way to sell them online, the right way to charge, the, trying to figure out the pricing, trying to figure out, you know, the packaging and stuff like that, mm -hmm. because they, the fans want that Funko Pop to be pristine. Mm -hmm. Not just the little monito inside, the little figure, the they want the box, box to too. look crisp. Yep. You know, the edges can't be dented, there can't be creases in it, there can't, like the shoes. Yep. Your sh that, that Funko Pop has to be as pristine as your shoes. <laughs> Nothing wrong with it, right? Yeah. And so the packaging, it, it was a big learning process. So once we figured it out and got yelled at, took our lickings, and then, you know, once we had one and we sold out, Funko was like, well, if you'd like to do a second one. And we're like, we'd like to do a second one. And then we killed it and then you gotta remember too i was selling online and i was selling at my concerts mm. and so dude we were just going through them yeah and next thing i you know we had a third one and by the time i got to the third one other comics started jumping on board that's when joe coy got in the mix uh jeff dunham got in the mix yeah you know and so i i think now i'm up to there's probably about 15 15 16 figures Wow. Some that are already out and some that are still coming out. Congratulations, man. That's yeah. massive. So that's the one thing I could say I got over Snoop. I yeah. got Mormonos. Yeah, talk your talk, man. Talk Mormonos. your talk. Mormonos, right. <laughs> Can't believe they give him a jack-in-the-box. Like, <laughs> like, dude, I, you know, I get it. Munchy meal. I get it. I get it. But, man, I'll, I'll eat there during the day without being, you know, whatever. So, so we talked about Snoop. We talked about the, the Long Beach tour that you give your, your guests, your friends who, who come to, to Long Beach. Let's talk about the, the Fluffy tour. Right now, you, you, you're doing shows? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I, I never really stop. I just kind of slow down a little bit as far as, like, you know, doing uh, arenas or theaters and stuff yeah. like that. I was doing comedy clubs for the last six months. And it's funny because the first week 
back to doing big shows, big venues. Uh, first week <laughs> back, we got the private plane, and then we almost flew off the run. You know, we yeah, almost like my buddy Martin was like, "Dude, man, really? First week back?" Because <laughs> you know we were flying commercial the whole for six months. All we did was commercial, and I was just like, "Yeah, it was good. It was fine." <laughs> And then here we go. All right, Pinchy Richie Valens. Let's have it. Let's have it. I was already picturing people forget Fluffy. <laughs> not my Fluffy. Not my Fluffy. But anyway, sorry. You were <laughs> the tour. Yes, we're back on tour. Uh, the the tour is now called, and it's funny because uh, yeah, the tour is now called Don't Worry, Be Fluffy. I love it. You know, and, and I'm and the theme and the vibe is very '90s. I'm a 90s guy. That's that was my prime. My, como dicen mis meros moles. Yeah, <laughs> good times. 90s. Yeah. Say it one more time. It's Don't Worry Be Fluffy Tour. Don't Worry Be Fluffy. Don't Worry Be Fluffy Tour. It's yeah. also uh, in a way like embracing your your curviness as you always do. Nah, I'm always embracing the curviness, man. Always. Martinez really, he's Martinez on this whole bopo kick right now. He's like body positivity and you know, so he's posting a lot of pictures of him wearing barely anything. I'm like, dude, at this point, just get an OnlyFans, bro. Get an OnlyFans. I'll promote it. We'll split it. You know, uh, dude, I'll Martina. I got no problem. My friend, uh, put him out there talking about big nipple energy. You know, yeah, man. Let's do this. Yeah, I go, yeah. There's no other comics out there freaking doing it. If you do an OnlyFans and you make money, I might even try it, depending on, you know. I got no problem showing my feet. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I saw feet pics. You want to see these? Man, hey, hey, you know, if the price is right, yeah. <laughs> let's do it. That'll bring in more more cash than the Funkos. You know, I, I'm just saying, because uh, the way things are going right now, I think we're all going to get replaced with AI in any minute now. So enjoy. Yeah. Enjoy. Yeah. Well, yeah. brother, man, before I, I let you go, uh, we're going to do rapid fire with Fluffy. Oh, rapid fire. Okay. Let's do all it. Right, wait, let me take a sip of my... Warm, warm <laughs> ass coffee because no ice. <laughs> we, we, yeah, we gotta, we gotta get take care of the ice next time. All right, we got it. By the way, Tatiana just went to go see you in Glendale. Where at Glendale? Burbank, Burbank. Flappers. Yep. Okay. How'd you like the show? Thank you. Thank you. That's such a fun little intimate club. It's very, it's very nice. Yeah, that's that's a very different experience than going to like an arena show. For sure. Because there at that club you can see all the way to the back row. So you can see everybody's face in the room. Yeah. I love I love small like a uh uh intimate co comedy yeah 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 comedy what is it, comedy in an intimate environment. Intimate versus... environment spaces, yeah, dude. I mean stadiums too, but like it's like you uh, you've talked about how when you're in a big stadium you hear yourself, your voice come back. Yeah. Hello, hello, hello. Yeah. Hi, hi, hi. Yeah. That's what I thought it was going to be like at Dodger Stadium. Because I've done the announcement. Mm. You know, and it's now time for Dodger baseball. Ball, ball, ball. Yep. But yes. Anyway, Tatiana. I'm glad you came out to the show. I'm glad said you she it. Said, uh, said that you killed it there. And you saw Martin too, right? I saw Martin. Yeah. yeah. That's why I did this whole like, body positivity. Like, Bopo. Yeah, I went. I keep doing it. Right. See, you followed him. See that? Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Bopo, Bopo Warrior. <laughs> he's a Bopo Warrior. All right, here and then we he's go. got amazing hair, too. So that hair, yeah, you could do anything with that hair. It's like machete. Like a sexy yeah, machete. But like, yeah, thank you. I'm not, I'm not going to say that because I don't look at him that way. But <laughs> And I do. But I will. Hey, man. Hey, to each their own. <laughs> All right, here we go. Rapid, Rapid fire. fire questions. I'm ready. <laughs> salsa roja or salsa verde? Roja. Favorite food dish? Favorite food dish, uh, it, doesn't, it doesn't matter? Doesn't matter. Dude, I'm, I'm such a basic bee, man. I just, I like some enchiladas. Mm. Just regular you know, tortillas. Green or red? Green? Red. red. I like either one, believe it or not. And I think actually green is spicier for some reason. I still add tapatio to it at the end. I see what you and? did there. <laughs> Best song to play at a party? Best song to play at a party. Ooh, I guess it depends. Something by Chente, of course, is gonna Oof. get people, you know, singing, crying. It depends on the time, but you can't go wrong with Chente. So maybe uh, Volver. Mm. People start singing along to it. Greatest rapper of all time. Greatest rapper of all time. Um, for me, 
DJ Quick. DJ Quick was my favorite rapper in the 90s. Like, you know, Quick is the name. Uh, he just, he sounded different. And all, I know all of the songs. All of the songs. And it's Fa just what's like. Favorite, favorite? Shoot, let's see. What's it tonight? I, I would say which song is my favorite, but it's very, the name is very off color. <laughs> okay, okay. Second favorite. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the song is, uh, my favorite song. Yeah, it's uh, Sweet Black Puppy. <laughs> You'll figure it out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think we all did in this room. <laughs> That's what happens too if you're up late at night. You're trying to send dirty text messages. You got to be careful because your phone will autocorrect. Yeah, yeah. Puppy. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Puppy. <laughs> We've done the show for for three seasons and. There's only one more person, and ad additionally to you, that have said DJ Quick, and that's Senesa Estrada, the world champion boxer. Oh, wow. Senesa loves DJ Quick. Best singer of all time. Ooh, best singer of all time. I don't know why immediately I thought Luis Miguel, you know, but uh, that's, I don't believe that, but that's his name popped into okay. my head right now. We'll take it. You know, but, yeah, he's, he gets down. He does get down. He gets, he gets down. Have you seen him live? Yes, I've seen him live a couple times. Nice. Lastly, what's a nickname of yours that no one really knows about? Oh, God. Here we go. Uh, Kikino. Kikino. Yeah. I have no idea. That, they've been calling me that since I was a little kid. And, uh, yeah, only family has ever called me that. I forget which sister nicknamed me that because I guess I looked like some puppet that was on Spanish television, and I think the puppet's name was Titino, but I guess I couldn't pronounce Titino at the time, and so okay. I was like, Kikino, and then I just, that stuck, and ah. so that was my nickname growing up. That's cute. Yeah. Well, Kikino. Yeah, there we go. Here come, here come the messages. <laughs> <laughs> I want to thank you so much for coming, Gabriel. Thank you. Gabriel Fluffy Iglesias, make some noise, everybody. Thank you. Oh, uh, yeah. Hashtag ice machine. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get one. We'll get one. It'll be wrapped in everything with, with, with your Funko doll on it. Right? We'll put some stickers on it. <laughs> Brother, thank you so much, man. Thank you. And thank you so much for watching and listening to Mondo and Friends presented by Verizon.